welcome to Theo Live, episode six. How are you guys doing tonight? If you're watching me live, hop into the chat and let's talk about some of these topics. If you're watching on the rewatch, um, let me let me tell you a little bit about where this show is going because I call it a show because. I like to. I'm going to take my glasses off so I don't get the reflection of the light because I didn't place it properly, apparently. Um, this show is not the most professional thing, but it's fun for me. I like to do it. I like to talk about theology. I like the idea of a live show talking about theology and interacting with the audience. So if you're watching on the rewatch, let me just say, I would love it if you would subscribe to the channel, if you would you know, hop in here on Monday nights or here's something. Maybe Monday nights don't work for you. Uh, maybe you're just like, ah, if it was any other night, then it would be, it would be great. And I would be so in drop a comment. Let me know of a better day that would work for you. You know, I don't have like all the time in the world, but I could accommodate if, uh, if there are a bunch of people who are saying like Monday nights, just, never work for you. Maybe the weekend is too, you know, busy and you're just trying to settle back into your weeknight groove and uh yeah, maybe Mondays don't work. Let me know. I'd be interested to find out. Um lots going on today. Uh did you hear Apple? They they just came up with this new thing. They're called ports and they put it in their most expensive computers, not their lower end computers. You know, like they, they don't need ports, but the high end stuff, they made this thing. It's called an HDMI port. And for the low cost of $2,600, you could have a computer that has an HDMI port. I'm being a little sarcastic because I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. I talk about theology. I talk about, you know, there's like Star Wars stuff and even basketball. I'm nerdy about basketball. Pretty much everything in my life I'm nerdy about. And I'm also nerdy about Apple products. Uh, I've had literally every iPad, every kind of iPad. Uh, I remember when the iPad first came out and I had to get a new computer for school uh, to go to Bible college. And like I was trying to figure out, do I get a MacBook or a MacBook Pro, I think, or they didn't have the Airs yet, but um, should I get a new MacBook Pro or should I get a Mac Mini and then I can take the iPad and that could be my screen because there were these apps that enabled it to do it and it was totally new and that's what I ended up doing. So like I'm a big fan of Apple. But this last one, this one just kind of made me mad. If you are interested, I put this on Twitter today. If you're interested in the idea of gaslighting and you're just maybe trying to figure out what exactly that is, it's Apple being like, it's revolutionary what we're doing. We're putting in ports. You can plug in an HDMI cord to your laptop now. You don't need a dongle, like stuff like that. It's like, well, that's what you had before you took everything away. 
that's that's what gaslighting means just in case you were interested uh but there's there's a lot going on around the world i don't know where you're watching from let me know in the comments or if you're gonna hop in here live let me know where you're watching this from uh based on my statistics most likely is from the united states i am not in the united states i am in the place where they they basically think it's the United States, and for a long time, I kind of acted that way. But I am here in the great land of Canada. I love it up here. My wife is from here. Uh, maybe maybe one of these times I'll actually get her on the show. I mean, like, there's, there's going to be one show, maybe in a couple weeks, maybe after Halloween and Reformation Day and all that kind of stuff. I got some ideas about what we're going to be talking about then, but I'm thinking about having a show talking about fundamentalism and leaving fundamentalism and what that looked like for us and our family. So I might have her hop on board, uh, but she's Canadian. And so I followed her up here and uh, love it here. We've been here for living here for, I think five years. And before that, uh, we were in Minnesota and Minnesota is basically Canada. It's, it's, it's very similar. Uh, but I do like it up here, not just because you get Tim Hortons and can have great donuts. Um, but it's, it's a mission field. People don't think about it. Uh, they think about mission fields when you're growing up in the United States, maybe you came from a, a church background and you saw missionaries come in or you're at a church and you have missionaries come in and they're from places like over in South America. There are tons of missionaries in Brazil. Um, you know, I've got one of my internet buddies, uh, uh, the Perkins family. They're from Haiti. Uh, you know, you think of those kind of places when you're thinking about missions and you don't think about just a couple hours north is a country that is so desperate for the gospel. And there was an article that kind of caught my attention this week, and I think thought it would be fun to kind of look at that, look at the study that was recently done, and kind of talk a little bit about the state of evangelicalism in Canada and uh, maybe some of the differences uh, between American Christianity or um and you know, we're all North Americans, but the United States, their perspective, as well as uh, Canadian perspective of what's going on in Christianity, because it is very different. You might not think it's very different, because we speak the same language, mostly, unless you're out east and you're speaking French. Um, but we speak the same language, we look the same, uh, a lot of the institutions are very similar, um, but... I mean, it could not be more different. Uh, so I want to talk about that a little bit today. If you have questions about Canada, once again, if you're watching right now in the chat, uh, oh, don't, it won't derail me. Uh, my words might derail me, uh, but your question won't. Uh, or if you're watching on the replay, uh, if you have questions about what it's like uh, to do ministry here in Canada, uh, let me know. Um, also, I'll just say, uh, I have pastored here uh, for several years, um, as well as now working on a church plant in the city where my family lives here in Saskatchewan, Canada. Uh, so 
that's kind of a little bit of the background. Uh, but let's look at this article. Um, I feel like all I've been doing since I started this show is just like advertising for Christianity Today. But we're looking at another Christianity Today article because uh, I, I just saw it. And uh, I mean, you could catch it from the title here. Uh, it's it's uh, not so great. <laughs> the state of evangelicalism in Canada is not good. Um, but when I saw this article, I was immediately like, they don't know what they're talking about. This is another, you know, article coming out from the United States about Canada. And uh, they don't, you know, they don't have their boots on the ground. They don't know exactly what's going on. So they're just like theorizing. Uh, this guy is from Canada, uh, Adam McInnes. Uh, he's from New Glasgow. So that's over in New Brunswick. And so he probably knows what he's talking about as well as he backs it up with a study. Um, so if you're immediately like, oh, this is a bashing article, uh, this is from a Canadian perspective. So this isn't just like Christianity Today taking on Canada because there has been a lot of that over the last 18 months. Just saying. Crickets. All right. Evangelism, not a priority in Canadian churches. Uh, so... Basically what this article is, I'd encourage you, I'm going to drop it into the um, description of the video, uh, but basically what this is, is going off of a survey and saying, you know, what what is going on here in Canada when it comes to evangelism? Because evangelism is literally the main thing that the church is supposed to be doing, right? Uh, the way when I preach it, talking about the Great Commission, it is the one job the Great Commission, the one job that Jesus gave us to do was to make disciples, to teach them everything that Jesus has taught us and make more disciples. So we should be very concerned about evangelism. We should have it be a huge priority. If Jesus says, the maker of the church, the builder of the church, according to Matthew 16, the builder of the church says, this is the main thing I want you to do, then we should probably make it the main thing that we do, right? Well, sadly, that's not the case. Uh, there was a uh, study done here by Alpha Canada. Now, maybe you don't know um, that. You've never heard of Alpha. I had never heard of Alpha before I moved up here. Um, that is an interdenominational ministry, uh, and I would say interreligious um, ministry, uh, basically saying, Hey, if you call yourself a Christian, we want to help you be able to reach more people for Jesus. The sad part of that is, is that because they blur so many lines, there's a lot of Catholicism mixed in with it. Uh, let's see here. We got somebody hopping in. We got the Perkins family, ah, man, were, were your ears burning bud? <laughs> Cause I was literally just talking about you weird stuff uh well thanks for hopping in uh appreciate you uh but we are looking here at the study by alpha canada uh, let's hop over here this is what it looks like basically what i want to do is just look at this thing and if you're wondering what it's like to for a christian to live in canada this is what it's like this, I, I, I've read it. I was actually pessimistic when I first read the article. I'm, I'm 
honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Alpha Canada, as I've already kind of pointed at. Um, but I was pessimistic when I read it, but or when I first started reading it. But as I read it, I'm like, yeah, this is this is how it feels to to be a Christian here in Canada. This is these are a lot of the problems that we're running into. If you're a conservative Christian, uh, there there are a lot of things that are just really concerning, and I think Alpha Canada actually points to a lot of it. So basically what I want to do is just kind of read through it and point out a few things. So this is basically if you're interested in Christianity from different perspectives in different cultures, that's what we're going to be talking about for the next little while. Uh, uh Uh-oh, hope good. Yes, yes, I was just saying, you know, when we think about missionaries, we usually think of people like you and your family doing good ministry over in places like Haiti or South America or Africa or some far off distant place. But here in Canada, uh, we need we need a lot of missionaries, uh, a lot of stuff going on as evidenced by this article. So basically what they start with is just talking a little bit about what Alpha Canada does and how they got some of the research. Uh, so they they got it from talking to Christian leaders. Now, I uh, think that they have it here. Yeah. Uh, so this is like the age demographic, as I'm trying to do this over on the other screen here. The age demographic of who they got. Uh, they It's all over the place as far as age goes, gender. Um, as you can see here, denominations. Uh, this... This would be where it would be troubling, like right over here, 21% Catholic, because they do serve a a large Catholic base, uh, Alpha Canada does. And uh, yeah, so Baptists, we get 5%, which seems about fitting. There's not many Baptists in, uh, yeah, there's more that could be said. (laughs) I'm going to try to be careful and try to be as optimistic as I can as I look at these things. Uh, but this is also who they they talked to for the survey. So they, they wanted to talk to Christian leaders, people who were actually in ministry, and ask them what they thought about their church and then churches just in general as far as evangelism goes and whether we were actually falling through with the Great Commission because that's what Alpha Canada is all about. They're trying to help us make disciples, even if you're Catholic. Anyways, uh, so which of the following best describes your role in your congregation slash parish, whether in a paid or voluntary capacity? So you can see the majority uh, that they got was from senior pastors, the main guy at the church who is mostly the one behind the pulpit delivering the message. Uh, so should be the uh, you know by that understanding should be the main guy who is rallying the church together to go and evangelize their communities, their families, their neighbors, everybody. Uh, and then associate pastors, you can see that a lot of them are actually in ministry. Which when I first read it, and I was thinking like, all right, Christian leader, uh, you know, what does that exactly mean? Well, most of it is you know, people who are on staff who are elders at a local church. Um, but then there are, there are some others mixed in. And here is the percentage of where these people come from. Um, I, this, this is always how it is. I'm sorry if I'm complaining right off the bat. I'm, I'm a pretty pessimistic person. If you haven't noticed by watching my videos, 
uh, I try real hard to see the good in things, but I'm always like, there it is. That's how much we get. We get 2%. <laughs> I mean, by population, we are, you know, we have 1 million people in the pop, uh, in the population of the province. Uh, so very small amount of people, lot of land. And that's usually how it goes for Canada in general. Uh, but that's how it breaks down. If you're interested in that, um, let, let's start getting into some of these questions. So, uh, when teaching, preaching on evangelization in your church, what is the most common language that you use? Uh, so this is basically just saying like, what's the phrase that you use when you're talking about, you know, that idea of the gospel, getting the gospel to people. What is the phrase that you use? And this, you might think like that, what does it matter? What does it matter what phrase you use? I think it's important because it does speak to a little bit of uh, the, the level of understanding that that is prevalent in the broad scope of evangelical churches here in Canada. And so uh, 18% evangelism, um, that would be, you know, the biblical term uh, of Eon Gelion, the good news, getting the good news out. Uh, outreach, um, interesting because it's always focused on the outside. Um, but by numbers, there are a lot of people who go to church who uh, do not understand the faith. Uh, and then this one, this is the one that I found interesting, 23% sharing the faith. Now you might be like, that's the phrase I use. Uh, so I'm not trying to bash on it. I'm just saying that it's interesting that the, the choice of words that we use now, there's other things like 18% loving your neighbors. Um, which, which is troubling because that's going to point us to where we're going to be here in just uh, a couple minutes as we look at this thing. Bottom line, Dad, uh, I wish I could watch the whole live. We'll have to watch later. I will say on a positive note, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. So sometimes I'm happy to see Christianity declining. Uh, ooh, what a cliffhanger. Uh, if that makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I wish that all were Christians, but with so many who are not, how many would... Would a can we, God's grace, be involved in bringing to know him? Let's get to work. Uh, I agree with that sentiment, uh, bottom line, Dad. Thanks for hopping in here. Appreciate it. Very encouraging for you to be here with us. Uh, but with me, again, YouTubers, us, we, we do this on the show. It's just me. I appreciate you. Um, but here, I, I'm, I'm looking at this loving your neighbors and the reason why it's troubling, it's not troubling to love your neighbors, that's great, um, but just it's going to set a trend for where we're going to see these studies begin to go. Uh, so if you can look at it, you can see that there's lots of focus on not knowledge, not the knowledge aspect of the gospel, but on doing things, on works. Um, and what I would say about that is, the good news at its very core is propositional truth in that there are core things that one must believe in order to understand that good news. It can't just be good. It has to be good news. So there are facts that are involved here. And so we're going to see a trend in this study of focus on what people are doing and actions. Um, so it's, 
<laughs> Sorry for the typos. No worries, man. I'm always like that. Uh, like every time that I'm like watching someone's live stream uh, and I actually choose to interact, that doesn't always happen. I'm such a hypocrite. I'm always like, hey, everyone, hop into the chat and do all the things. And most of the time I never do it. But I want you to do it. You're better than me. I want you to do it. Uh, but yeah, I'm the same way. I'm always like typing something. Whenever I send send it in and like I actually interact, it's always filled with typos. So no worries, man. I knew where you were headed with it. Um, so let's let's keep on going here. Uh, what would you say is the central goal or aim of evangelism? Now this is where things get real interesting. All right, uh, person goes to heaven, ten percent. A uh, person attends church, 8%. Person lives a better life, 9%. Um, do you see like the morality at play? Um, person lives a better life, 9%. Person becomes more loving toward others, 11%. Person sees experience, God's love through the actions of others. I don't really even, I've read that several times and I still don't exactly understand what that means. Uh, but 14% say that's how they would uh, understand it. Uh, person grows spiritually, 10%. Person wants to know and follow Jesus as Savior and Lord, 28%. That's probably the one that I would have chosen had I been part of the survey. I was not part of the 2% for Saskatchewan. All right, person learns more about Christianity in order to make an informed decision on whether to identify personally as a Christian, 9%. Uh, so... What I see here is specifically like person lives a better life, person becomes more loving toward others, person sees, experiences God's love through the actions of others. There's so much focus from these Christian leaders. These are not the people in the pews necessarily, maybe some of them are, but the vast majority of them are the people who are teaching the congregation and what they would describe as evangelism as the main point of evangelism i mean if you just between those three it's very clear like the main point is to be a better person in some aspect to be a more loving person and that's that's what that's 20 28 right there 28 percent of christian leaders think that that's the main point of the gospel of evangelizing is that you become a better person. That's, that's not the main point. The main point is to glorify God. The main point is to, I think, to know and follow Jesus as Savior and Lord, to have him rule over your life, to give him everything. And I think 28% of uh, those surveyed got it right. And there are other aspects. I'm not saying every one of these is wrong. Um, but 28% say this is what it means. And then 28%, the same amount, say, no, it just means, you know, be a better person and do a little bit more, uh, you know, put a little bit more love into the world than uh, there was before you were born, like that kind of a thing. Uh, so that's troubling. That's really troubling. Uh, bottom line, dad, that's awful. See, bud, no spelling errors there. Nailed it. Uh, amen. Agree with you 100%. I appreciate that, man. Uh, so let's let's keep on rolling through. There's so much here. I'm not going to talk about everything because we'd be here all night and my wife wants to spend time with me and she's she's so nice. Like I'm just like, I'm gonna go down and you know 
do this live stream and she's like, Oh, okay. So understanding. I want to keep doing this. I really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to spend time with her later. So I don't want to be here all night just looking at stats, but I do want to pick this apart. It is wrong to share my Christian beliefs with someone of a different religion or no religion at all in hopes that they will one day identify as Christian. Here we go. This is scary, to be honest. The, you know, regardless of what you think about different things that have been going on over the last 18 months, um, where you stand on things like government lockdowns, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is the scariest thing I've seen in a long time. As far as like just trying to be a faithful Christian, we want everyone to trust in Jesus. I want you, you watching this right now. I want you to trust in Jesus. I want anyone to trust in Jesus. I want uh, someone who is devoted to Islam. I want them to trust in Jesus. I want my neighbors to trust in Jesus. My neighbors right over here. I want them to trust in Jesus. Uh, I want everybody to, and I will say the gospel to them in hopes that they will come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. But apparently for a lot of Christian leaders, 31% would agree with that and say that it is wrong to share my Christian beliefs with someone of a different religion or no religion at all in hopes that they will one day identify as Christian. It is 31% of Christian leaders say you shouldn't share your faith with people who are already in a religious system. Whew. Yeah, that's the most dangerous idea I've ever heard of that we can't even share our faith because that would be a wrong thing to do because they're already invested in something. So we can't tell them that they're wrong. That's essentially where we're going with this thing. Uh, but 31% would agree with that. 15% are cowards and just neutral. Um, I do love that there are 34% who strongly disagree. I would say that that would should be like 98%, but it's not. And that is so sad. Uh, bottom line, dad, I'll have to go back and watch the beginning, finish up and hang with wife. I know how it is married with four kids myself. Yep. I got the three kids, uh, to bed. Well, two kids, one is with mom and then, yeah, yeah. You know how it is, man. It's hard sometimes to get, you know, the side the, to do this like little YouTube thing and have some fun online. Uh, it takes up some time for sure. Uh, hopping in again. What in the world? I wonder who are the folks answering the survey? 31% agree with that. Uh, yep. Uh, that's a scary thing, man. Uh, the scary thing is that this, these are Christian leaders, as I showed earlier, probably before you started watching. These are supposedly Christian leaders uh, taken from all different denominations, mainline denominations. And I'll get into what I think about a lot of the mainline denominations in Christianity just in general here in Canada. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a scary, scary proposition here. 31%. Um, let's, let's keep on going here. What are the, th uh, the three most common methods of evangelism encouraged among those in your congregation or parish? So they were given a bunch of different things and basically asked, what are the three main 
ways. Um, so 45% said sharing one's faith through their actions. Invite people to church events. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not an elder at a local church right now. We're planting, uh, but I haven't been established as an elder in a local church in a little while. Uh, but man, the pastor in me is like, oh my goodness, no. This is the main way. The main way we do evangelism, inviting people to church. Pastor, uh, I would like for you to meet with my uh, my good friend here. Uh, they're so close to trusting in Jesus. Can you just meet with them one-on-one? That kind of stuff. Oh man. You do it. You share your faith. It's, it's what we're all supposed to do. Uh, 35% invite people, uh, invite to something like Alpha. Little, little self-promotion there. <laughs> invite to something like Alpha, so some kind of program. Uh, verbally sharing gospel, 33%. So what that means to me is that, once again, the idea of communicating fact, the fact of the gospel is so far behind the actions. Now, I don't, like, I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, I am not someone who likes to go and knock on doors and give people tracks. I am not that kind of person to evangelize. I used to be. When I was a, a teenager, I was, I was so zealous. I was, I was in front of Safeway every Saturday with tracks in my hand. Uh, and I realized very quickly that I was not one, just not getting results. Um, you know, it wasn't the best use of my time there. At least I didn't know, maybe the Lord used it. And I'm sure like, if that's, if that's your thing and you do that, I have no issues with you. I'm just saying for me, I don't feel like that is the most, uh, beneficial way to tell the gospel. So I'm not the kind of person that's saying like you, um, you know, always just do the things, uh, you know, just act like a Christian and love people and be generous. And that's how you evangelize. I am not that kind of person. I, I think that we should be doing those things, but at the same time, like this is really scary for us to be able to just, why can't we just say the gospel? Like you want people to understand truth. The gospel is truth. It is there are facts that must be told to someone. And we are so not wanting to do that, that we're just throwing all these different things, uh, uh, whether it's showing one's faith through their actions, invite people to church events, invite to something like Alpha, uh, practice hospitality with one's neighbors, develop personal relationships. Are all those good things to do? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, this is what we got to do. We got to share the gospel with people. We have to communicate truth. I I kind of hate that phrase that people use all the all the time. Uh, preach the gospel and when uh, what is it? Preach the gospel and when necessary, use words or something like that. <sighs> I'm sorry, but the gospel is words. <laughs> they are words. It's good news that needs to be communicated. And here what I see from the survey is that we're just so scared to share our faith. We have no boldness. We we just want, you know, maybe somehow they'll stumble into faith. And if I'm just a good Christian around them. Now, I will say, 
I have friends, unsaved friends um, that I love, and I want them to know Jesus. Uh, and I don't beat them over the heads with the Bible. I don't. Uh, they they usually, when it comes up, it's usually them that brings it up, asking me like, "So you were a pastor, so." Uh, what do you think about this? I was asked just a few weeks ago, having a bonfire with one of our friends. And, uh, I was asked, you know, do you think that this pandemic, uh, is the judgment of God? And so that was like the biggest door opening in the world. And so while I had been, and yeah, I dropped little gospel nuggets every so often, uh, but while I had been just loving on them as a friend and caring about them and trying to show them Jesus, I do all those things. But when there's an opening, when the door is wide open for the gospel, walk through the door. Just go share the gospel. And so I was able to share the gospel with my friend. And I don't know if anything will come from that. But what I do know is that they got the facts of the gospel. They heard that Jesus is the only way to saving faith, to have some way out from our situation of sin and our rebellion toward God, that he has atoned for our sin on the cross. And if we trust in him, we could be saved. They heard that. And I'm so glad. And we still have a relationship. It didn't burn the bridge. <gasps> Shocker. You telling people the gospel is not going to ruin that relationship. Might be an awkward couple minutes, depending on how they take it. Um, but we still are friends. We're still going to do things. So when we have the opportunity, we tell them the gospel. We can do all the other things. We can do all these things, uh, inviting them to events and obviously developing personal relationships. These are all things that I think should come before maybe. Um, maybe before we share the gospel with them, if we want it to be as effective as possible. Uh, I do think that these are good things to do before we verbally share the gospel, but we don't shy away from this. Like it, we should not be ashamed, right? Romans 1 16 for I'm not ashamed of the gospel from what I'm seeing here. A lot of Christians, a lot of Christian leaders are. And they're doing everything they can to not have to say it. Uh, bottom line, Dad, I agree with you. Romans 10, I think, faith comes by hearing. I can't recall the verse off the top of my head. You are thinking of Romans 10, verse 14. How can they hear without a preacher? How can they, uh, how can they preach unless they're sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace? Uh, yeah. So let's, let's keep on going here. There's, there's so much here. Uh, I'll just point out a few more things. What are the three biggest challenges in evangelism for you personally, if anything? Okay. Christian leaders. Perceived antagonism toward Christian values in the Christian church. 26%. Few non-Christians as friends. 22%. Lack of confidence. 20%. Fear of rejection. 18%. Too busy, 16%. Lack of training, 15%. So what, what can we see here? Well, I think that we can see a few things. Uh, one is that there, this antagonism toward Christian values in the Christian church 
uh, that's just always going to be there, right? Jesus told us that this life was going to be hard. The world would hate you. The system of the world would hate you um, because they hated him. Uh, but like, why is that a barrier for us? I don't, I don't, I don't understand how that can be such a challenge for us because that's that's what we were promised. If this is something that's holding you back, I understand that you know it might be a conversation point. We're getting to the point, you know, with the, with the internet and things that are known nowadays and uh, controversies that have happened in the church. Uh, last was it last Theo Live or the episode before? Uh, we were talking about the Southern Baptist Convention and sexual abuse and all of that kind of stuff. It's these are things that non Christians know about. Uh, here in Canada, um, we we have a big problem right now um, because of uh, residential schools. If you haven't heard about residential schools, um, it was a terrible system that was put in by the government, um, forced against the First Nations people, and churches were involved. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church, namely, like mostly. Uh, and then there were Anglican churches and I think some United churches as well. Uh, but what these were, they would take kids from the res and they would stick them in these schools and basically try to make them white. Um, and they would beat them. And, you know, now we're finding graves, uh, graves of hundreds, hundreds of first nations children. And that, that is what we're dealing with here in Canada. If you're hearing about like the churches being burnt to the ground and spray painted, vandalized and things like that, um, that's the reason. Um, I'm, I, I, I don't blame anyone. Like, I know this might be a controversial thing to say on the internet. Uh, I don't blame anyone, uh, for acting out in that kind of rage to the, the I mean, the slaughter of children. Uh, it's terrible. And that was a church institution. Uh, so they don't know the differences, as we can see even from Alpha and who they got in the survey. They don't know the differences between Roman Catholic churches and Protestant churches. They just hear churches. And so that's some of the barriers that we have here in Canada now to talk about these things. So I understand that that might be talking points. But that's not going to stop me from sharing the gospel, and at least from my reading of this, this is what this this is what's hurting you, the biggest challenge that you are facing, and I just don't understand it, to be honest. Um, let's see, what else can we look learn from here? This is interesting um, because again, this is this is Christian leaders, and they're. They're the ones behind the pulpit and who get to be in front of the congregation and teach. And uh, the, so the, the idea is like my church equips its members to evangelize. And how much do you agree with that? Well, 44% say that they would agree that the church equips them. Uh, but what that means is that there are 56 people, <laughs> uh, 56% of people who say otherwise. And that's Christian leaders. Uh, so, like, that's your job. Like, <laughs> you're saying that you're not doing your job. 
Um, what is the most common way that those in your congregation parish are equipped to evangelize? Uh, we don't equip those in our congregation parish to evangelize. That's 16%. So once again, like, it's true. Like the article title from Christianity Today, I was like, this is this is too much. This 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 title that's just you know trying to get clicks and they're just trying to make us look bad. But then when you actually like hear from Christian leaders and this is what's being said, you're like, oh, it's it's pretty bad. Twenty four percent weekly teaching preaching, eighteen um, percent specific evangelism evangelization training class. Uh, what I will say, I'll, I'll just point this out and I'll move on to the next thing. You know, what is the most common way that those in your congregation parish are equipped to evangelize? If you're saying, like, the the sermon, you're just saying you don't do it. I'm just saying. Like, it's one thing. we Like, preaching is supposed to equip the congregation. Um, but if you're talking about, like, specific training for evangelism, and you just say, oh, well, I do that in my sermon, no, you don't. Like, that, that's what it means to me. This should be done through discipleship, but we don't know what discipleship is anymore. Pessimistic Dean coming out there. <laughs> Giving priority to evangelize, uh, evangelism. As you think about your local congregation parish over the last several years, to what extent would you say your congregation parish has given priority or not to evangelism? So this is the Christian leaders looking at the church and saying, this is what I think about our church. And they're saying 65% have not uh, made it a priority. And that's, I would say one that's probably a little off because you are talking about pastors and elders and people who are in leadership positions at their local church. And most likely they're thinking that the other people should be doing the job. So I'm just saying, uh, to what extent do you disagree or agree with the following statement evangelism positively impacts my personal spiritual growth 61 percent. i would say that's fine uh, to what extent do you disagree or agree with the following statement evangelism is central to my church's approach to discipleship okay this is the one i wanted to talk about and then i'll move on to something else here stop giving just uh well i'll talk a little bit about uh canadian christianity in general um this is interesting because evangelism is central to my church's approach to discipleship. Let's think about these words. What do they mean? Evangelism is the entry point into discipleship. You cannot be a disciple without being evangelized. So I do not understand why you would say 52% or either neutral or disagree, and 11% strongly disagree and say, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. You can't do discipleship without evangelism, folks. You just can't do it. It's not possible. I could talk for a long time about this study. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I'll, I'll put a link to... Um, the article from Christianity Today, this, this is how I first saw it. Um, I'll put a link to this article, which if you just click on recent survey right here, uh, you will then get brought over to that. 
So, so what's going on in Canadian Christianity based off of this study from Alpha Study? I would say that Christianity in Canada is just, it's cowardly. Uh, I, w- I would put it that strongly and say that the vast majority of Canadian Christians, um, of which I would count myself as one, I'm here in Canada, I'm a Christian, and a lot of us are too scared uh, to stand up for what the Bible says, to say this is the only way, to be definitive in what we say, and we're so scared of having to defend our faith. Um, So where do we go from that? Well, one, we need to be in the Word, uh, being discipled. I think that's where the, the the wheels have kind of fallen off of Canadian Christianity. We just haven't been good about discipling those within our church. Uh, we're just happy that they showed up, to be honest. Um, there was a study, actually, I'll come back over into this thing. Uh, I think it was, yeah, the Fellowship of Evangelical Baptist Churches in Canada. Uh, they did a study that said that um, 6% of Canadians have considered themselves evangelical. 6%. Um, That's in comparison to 10%. That was a study from a few years ago. So what they're saying is that 6% of Canadians consider themselves to be evangelical. Uh, I was at a church planting um, thing in Saskatoon a couple years ago from C2C, and they had a study saying that when you boil everything down, it's 3%. 3% of Canadians uh, believe the gospel and attend gospel preaching churches. Uh, and I, I think that would be accurate from that study as well to say 6%, because then you're saying, well, half of them go to a gospel preaching church. Uh, so I think this is the main problem that's happening in Canadian Christianity, um, is that we we don't have ways uh, of discipling one another within the local church and making sure that not only is, you know, things going, things are going all right in that person's life. Discipleship is a one-on-one scenario of a teacher and a pupil and really for the spiritual growth of both. Uh, so in that scenario, uh, I think that we're not giving information. I do think that there is a problem of uh, a lack of information that, you know, Christians should know. And when they know these things, they grow. And if they don't know these things, they don't, and are at least not in the same ways. And then they don't disciple others. And I think that's the main problem that we're seeing in Canadian Christianity is just a lack of discipleship where we're learning together and growing together and, yes, acting together. Uh, But there's been such a focus on just loving actions uh, inside the church and outside the church and such, I mean, just a pushing away of facts and uh, you know, knowledge that we just don't want to focus on that stuff because doctrine divides. Uh, I've heard that so many times since I moved up here. Um, and it's not true. 
Actually, when you understand theology, you grow. You learn to trust that God a little bit more. Uh, you learn to love that God a little bit more because of what you learned. And you learn to share that God with others in a way that is informative and truthful and loving. Um, but I think that's the, the main problem. Now, how do we get out of this thing? How can we turn these numbers around? Um, well, it's going to take uh, Canadian pastors stepping up and discipling their congregation and teaching them good, solid theology so that they don't collapse under the pressure of uh, the secular world, as well as that they don't uh, get too prideful in their knowledge and, and you know, just become jerks. Um, honestly, <laughs> I've met a lot of people who would fall into the categories of both of those, the extremes of, uh, you know, just focusing on works and not focusing on theology. And then those who would focus way too much on knowledge and very little on works. And both those extremes are wrong. You have to have both of these things, but I would say that the knowledge informs those actions rather than the actions informing the knowledge. So how do we get out of this? Well, we raise up uh, Canadian pastors to teach their congregations well, good, solid theology that actually makes a difference in their life and that they share that with others. They aren't scared. Uh, they aren't unwilling to share their faith. But they become bold and they share. And I do think that that can happen. That's why I'm here. Um, not that I can solve all the problems. <laughs> I'm part of that 2% in Saskatchewan. Um, but uh, that's why we moved up here, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I was working on, uh, it's hard to figure out where everything is in the background. But I was working on my uh, master's degrees. And uh, I was like, you know what, we need to go somewhere where there's actually a need. So we left where we were. We had been in North, Car uh, North Carolina for a little bit. Um, and we moved up here to Canada and took a church in Saskatoon, uh, the biggest city here in the province. And uh, now we're here in Moose Jaw and we're going to be planting a church um, because we need churches. Um, and we need... Uh, like this is kind of hypocritical because I am an American who came up here. Uh, but what it's going to take is stop getting pastors from the United States and start raising up men within our own local churches who understand theology and are loving, godly examples that fit the qualifications of First Timothy chapter three. We got to raise up people like that, and that's how we can change the state of evangelicalism here in Canada. Um, but it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time. And maybe, maybe you're wondering what to do in your ministry. I encourage you come on up here. <laughs> you know, we're planting a church here. We could use some help. Um, come on up to Saskatchewan. You know, we, we got, we got great things. We got Mac the moose. Maybe you've seen him. Maybe you haven't. It's the world's biggest moose. Uh, we've got some tunnels here in the city. Um, we got so much farmland, like a lot. There's lots of reasons. 
Uh, Saskatchewan is one of the most boring provinces. I will say that, but I love it here. And we chose, we chose to move here for a reason. Um, and hopefully we can be part of that turning of the tide to see, you know, the numbers start to go up so we can say that we've made a difference. That's what we want. So I'm sorry if, you know, that was boring for you. It's not the typical, like, just here's a theological thing. But I found that article very interesting. And I wanted to kind of just get that out into the world of just where Canadian evangelicalism is at uh, as far as, you know, the level of evangelizing and just like the lack of a fervor there, to be honest. Uh, Let's see here. Bottom line, Dad. Well, to be fair, I think it's the same, if not worse, in the USA. Um, yeah, let's talk about that for a sec. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's completely accurate. Um, when, when I came up here, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, a huge, you know, I'm from the United States, but I'm not like, I guess I'm not the most patriotic guy. I was, I was, here's, here's, maybe you won't, you won't like me after this. Um, but, uh, I remember, um, and thinking middle school talking to my pastor and being like, I don't know if it was 100% a godly decision to, um, you know, for the colonies to break off and rebel against the government. So that's the kind of person that I am (laughs) just saying. Uh, but I will, I will say, um, that there are the, the main difference between Canadian evangelicalism and the United States is that there are, uh, there are institutions that are entrenched, uh, Yes, you know, we have the internet, so we get a lot of our resources from the United States. Um, but like there's you won't find Christian radio. I mean, you might find them in some of the bigger cities. Uh so if you go to like Edmonton, there's a Christian radio station, um, maybe Calgary. Um, but you know, some of those bigger cities you might find that, but we don't have Christian radio. Uh we don't have a lot of Christian networking to be able to get like you know, when I grew up, it was John MacArthur was always on the radio, uh, or, you know, some other, some other pastor, uh, Chuck Swindoll or somebody would be on the radio and we'd be able to listen to that. And, um, you, you don't know how much those things actually matter unless they're gone. Um, you know, we don't, we don't have, uh, seminaries. Um, we don't have a lot of seminaries up here. Uh, there's, there's one over in Alberta, uh, that would be pretty solid theologically. Um, I mean, I have, uh, a Bible college and seminary seminary. I don't, I don't think it's accredited, um, but it's, you know, pretty close here to where I'm at. And, um, some of the professors are real good. A lot of the professors are pretty progressive. Uh, and that's what you'll find here in Canada. There's not a lot of, just really robust theological institutions. Um, and I would say like, that's the main difference, like attitude wise and culture, I think would probably be pretty similar, but, um, there's a reason why most of the pastors I know, most of them are from the United States, uh, or from some other country and not actually Canadians. 
Uh, and I think there's a reason for that, that we don't have a lot of the theological institutions um, like the United States and other places uh, that to raise up leaders and send them out. So that that's like the main differences that I would say is like the way I explain it to people usually is like there's just like this liberal warp that happens as soon as you cross the the border. It's like just everything changes a little bit. So even denominations that you thought are pretty solid, like the brother sister denomination, if you will, of that is going to be more liberal. Um, they're just going to be a little different. And some of those differences are actually pretty big. Uh, and they make a really big difference when it comes to the church. Uh, so that's what I would, I would say to that. So I just wanted to share a little bit about the differences between Canadian and American Christianity. I appreciate you guys' patience if you're watching on the replay. So sorry. That's a Canadian to me. <laughs> I've been told I'm the most Canadian American that uh, some people have ever met. And I take that as a huge compliment because I, I do love it here. Want to spend the rest of my days here. We've had opportunities to go back south and do other things. And I've just been like, don't really want to. I want to be here. So, um, there's some other stuff I wanted to talk about though tonight. Let's see where are we at with the stream. Oh, we're at an hour. We're at a whole hour. Well, we're done. <laughs> that's what that means. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's what you got for today. Uh, next next time, I, I've got some ideas about different things that I'm going to be doing here on the show. I want it to be not quite. I'm I'm trying to figure out. You know, I'm. This is a work in progress. Uh, you know, we're we're doing things as a as a channel here. Uh, again, we. I need to stop doing it. I always like feel so dumb when I when I fall into that little thing um, of just being like we are stuff. It's me. It's mine. Oh, why is it, I need a new iPad? It's not working. There it goes. All right, as you can see here. It's pretty nice. 413. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, that's exciting for me uh, because it's it's been a long time. You know, I had I had some other like YouTube friends who uh, like shot up and even oh man, um, Jason. Uh, I've done a few shows uh, over with Tim Frisch on a Frisch Perspective. Which if you're not subscribed, you should go subscribe to that channel. He's pretty great. Uh, but he's had me on the few, uh, on the show a few times, and so interacting with Jason there, and then he started a YouTube channel and just like shot up, Some dear woke Christian, just boom, and he's got like six hundred subscribers. It's like, come on, man, what are you doing? I still think that uh, if you're watching this, Jason, I still think Wits End would have been a great YouTube name, but I understand, you know, you want to keep. You know, want to keep the the brand all together. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm putting words in his mouth. Uh, but my main point is saying like that's pretty cool because we're we're again we. I am trying to build this channel up so that when we get into these live streams, we can have more than just the bottom line, Dad. I mean, I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> I I really do. Um, but also. 
you know, we could have some more people hopping in, different perspectives, and we can talk a little bit more about these things. And so where I was going with that uh, was I'm, I'm figuring out how to do this. I'm figuring out how to do a live show and make it look nice. Still working on that lighting. I don't know. Sometimes I don't even, I don't know. Should I, should I mess with it? 50%? Is that better? 100% is not. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, see? I'm figuring things out on the fly. Uh, but what I want to do with this show is get it to where we're having these conversations about theological topics. And what I want to do also in this is also have like, you know, one story that's like a popular story that I could clip out and put out there on the uh, on the channel and hopefully see some some people come in through that, like kind of like a entry way into this. This is, this is the main thing. This is what I want my, my channel to be mostly about is this show. I like it. I like the idea of live streaming. I like the idea of talking about theology with you, uh, which I need to be better about looking into the camera <laughs> and talking to you. Um, but that's, that's where I want this channel to go. But I need different things to get people in because a live show, what, I'm, what I've found out with my Marking Up the Word series, it's very hard to grow a YouTube channel and to build up an audience and to have a bigger impact through a long format thing. It's just difficult. Some people can do it. Uh, some, some people really struggle with it and I've really struggled with it. So what I want to do is have like a little clip that I could put out there and, uh, you know, maybe that can get a few more eyeballs on it and, uh, still be a part of the show here. Uh, so I'm not having to record a bunch of different things, but we could talk about those popular things and then get into something a little bit more uh, substantial. So that's where I'm looking at where this show is going to go. Have more of like, here's one main topic, but first like, you know, like a five to 10 minute, like really popular topic. And maybe we go into more detail after that, but uh, that's just where I'm at with the show. Uh, just letting you know, I don't know. What else is there to talk about? You know, it's just drink my Superman coffee and call it a night, right? It's good. It's still good. It's cold, but it's still good. Anyways, um, thanks for hopping in. I uh, want to shout out Bottom Line Dad again and the Perkins family were in here. And it's always good talking about the Perkins family. They're doing good work there. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, have a good night and uh, I'll see you in the next show. The next show will be Monday. Um, I'm hoping to be able to put out a couple videos in the meanwhile. I have a few things I want to talk about and a few things that we didn't get to tonight because we we're too busy talking about Canada. Also, this, like that, is a manual focus lens, so I don't know why I did that, but. Toronto Raptors start on Wednesday. We are a big Raptors household. We are very much locked in. We the North, excited for the NBA season. Uh, not that you need to know about that, but, you know, just letting you know a little bit about my life and fumbling along through this live stream. I'm telling you, I'm learning, I'm growing. It'll be better in the future. Maybe, maybe not. Anyways, I'll see you in the next one. <laughs>